You are listening to Thoughtist, episode number one, The Ripple. Welcome to Thoughtist. I'm your host, Rachel Walton. I'm a mother to three young children and an elementary school teacher of 10 years turned life coach. I'm deeply passionate about educating children and their parents on thought awareness and empowerment because I believe when it comes to achieving anything, thoughts are everything. Hey there, listeners. This is one of my first times virtually hosting anything, but in general, I love hosting. I love inviting people into my home and feeding them and providing them a safe space where they can unwind and connect and let loose. And that's a love that I developed from a very young age. I grew up in Minnesota, the land of 10,000 lakes and millions of mosquitoes. I've completely lost my Minnesotan accent, unfortunately. I don't know. You may hear it come out every once in a while. My husband tells me it does, but uh, it's a pretty epic accent if you haven't heard it before. But I lived on a lake in Minnesota. My parents were always welcoming people into our home. Um, It's something that they taught us is that um, our space was everybody else's space. And they loved to share our food and our boat and our land and our family. And it really did become such a deep part of me. So here I am, since I can't invite you into my actual home I'm inviting you into my virtual podcast home, and I look forward to spending some epic time here together. I can't offer you actual food, which is too bad because I think I'm a pretty good cook, but I can offer you some fresh perspective, and that can be equally as nourishing. So I mentioned that I was a teacher. I've spent 10 years teaching kindergarten and first grade. Sometimes I like to say a decade because it just sounds more exciting. But I'm also a certified coach and I'm a mother. I have three beautiful children, ages 10, 7, and 5, and they are amazing in so many different ways. But as a teacher and a mother... I consider myself a nurturer of the human brain. At least I try to be. Um, And I have noticed a general lack of teaching in the areas of mental and emotional health. And I think we're all kind of waking up to this and, and taking action in this arena, which is really exciting and refreshing to see. But when I think back on my childhood, and I really had an incredible childhood, and I'm so thankful for that, I learned a lot of things that were really important, like how to look both ways when I cross the street and how to share my toys and eventually how to drive a car and how to manage my finances and, um, of course, in school, reading and writing and math and all those wonderful things. But there were a lot of things that I didn't learn until recently. A lot of things that I think would have served me had I learned them at a younger age. And that is exactly why I'm here doing this podcast. I'm going to take you back in time about five years ago. 
And I want to share a story with you that is pretty vulnerable to me, um, but it became a turning point in my life. And that's why I feel like it's been really important to share it with other people. So I had just given birth to my third child, my little Olivia Jane, and it was a planned C-section, so I knew I was going to have to be in the hospital for a few days. So my mom came out so that she could watch my older two kids. They were ages five and three at the time, and so, you know, kids that age can be kind of a handful, but she was amazing with them. She um, read them lots of books and built forts with them and took them on walks and colored and all the things that you do as a grandma. And they, even now, still have these beautiful memories of that time with her. So I came home from the hospital and we had a couple more nights together. And on the last night, the night before she was going to head home to Seattle, we decided that we just wanted to really connect and enjoy some of the things that we loved to do together. So we got out some Speed Scrabble and played that to our heart's content, and she beat me, of course. And then we had to get our guitars out and do some singing and some harmonizing. Peter, Paul, and Mary, and the Whalen Jennies, and it was incredible, just perfect. And before she went down to bed, I had this moment with my mom, and I gave her the biggest hug and said, thank you for everything, Mom. And absolutely nothing could have prepared me for what happened the next morning. My five-year-old went down to go get Grandma, and um, she discovered that my mother had passed away in her sleep. The cause still remains unknown, And um, it was a shock. It was a shock to my entire family. My mom was 58 years old, and she was in perfect shape. She took really good care of herself. So, you know, this was completely unexpected and um, came at such a really vulnerable time for me. I was weak and tired. Um, I had just had surgery And I had a six-day-old baby that needed my constant attention. I had to break the news to my other four siblings. um, And we had to break the news to our stepdad. And then we had to plan her memorial service and her funeral. You know, none of us were together at this time. So once plans were made, my husband and I packed up our three children. And with the help of his parents... We made the 14-hour drive to Washington for the funeral. And then after that, I hopped on a plane to Minnesota for the memorial service. Now, as you can imagine, I was feeling pretty depleted. I was feeling pretty low at this point. And this wasn't the first time that I had gone through something like this. My siblings and I, 11 years prior to this, lost our father to liver cancer. None of this is what I had pictured for my life. And I think that's true for many of us. We have these experiences that we're completely unprepared for and and would never have thought would happen to us. 
And it's really incredible to see how people come together to support you when something like this happens. And that definitely happened for me. I had so many amazing experiences with friends and family, people dropping off meals and flowers and supplies for our road trip. You know, those are the kinds of things that you, you never forget. The whole experience was just a whirlwind. And I remember that when I finally arrived back home, I started to fall further apart. I mean, I can remember mornings where I could hear my son, my three-year-old, crying outside of my bedroom, and I didn't feel like I could get myself out of bed to take care of him. I was barely able to take care of my newborn. I finally got to this point where I told myself, you just can't keep doing this anymore. You need to snap out of it. You have a life to live and you have so much to live for, and it's time for you to to get back to work, to get back to life. So I went back to school. I had a kindergarten class at the time, and I, I started teaching again, and I just dove back into working and being a mom and, and trying to muscle through. After a couple years of this, I, I started to burn out. And I started to feel desperate. And I knew that something had to change. And that's when I made the very difficult decision of taking a break from teaching. And I love being a teacher. So this was a really big decision for me. But I knew that if I didn't focus on giving myself some more space and time to heal... Things weren't just going to magically get better. When I took that break and I started searching for ways to process what I had been through, that's when things started to change for me and I started to have energy and light back in my life. I got a therapist and this was a very important part of my journey. She really... Um, helped me overcome a lot of the trauma that I had experienced. And and after that, I wanted to keep going. I wanted to keep learning and, and trying to gather more tools that would help me navigate this complex human experience that we're all having. Now that's when I discovered life coaching, which I also call thought work. And this transformed the way that I viewed myself and the way that I viewed the people around me and the world and my circumstances. And I had learned wonderful lessons from my parents and the, and the teachers in my life. But what I learned through thought work took everything to the next level for me. It opened my eyes to some things that maybe I had misunderstood And it gave me some life-altering tools that I didn't even know existed. So I became what I lovingly refer to as a thoughtist. You may be wondering, what is a thoughtist? Um, And I don't blame you because it's not a word you would find in the dictionary. But it's a word that I use to describe someone who uses their thoughts to transform their life. 
So if you think about a botanist or an artist or a pianist, these people spend a lot of time and energy practicing so that they can specialize in a specific skill. And in doing this, they're able to create beauty, beautiful plants, inspiring artwork, and dynamic music. So a thoughtist specializes in thought creation. And that is an awesome medium to specialize in because that is really where you have 100% control. It's a space inside of you that no one can touch. And it is the epicenter of every result that you have in your life. And the good news is that anyone can be a thoughtist. My husband, Kevin, and I have thought a lot about this and about how we want to teach our children how to utilize their thoughts at an early age in order to navigate this human experience. And so Kevin and I have decided that we want to team up and create this company called Thoughtist and use the things that we we want to teach our children to help other parents teach their children. We want to focus on things like self-love and responsibility, confidence and goal setting and achieving, shame resilience, and what it means to have emotional intelligence and how to strengthen that. And we know we aren't the only parents wanting to do this, so we wanted to be a part of the movement. We are promoting this concept of being a thoughtist in a fun and fresh way, using his art and my experience as a teacher and a coach. So I'm going to use the rest of our time here today to outline and teach you a little bit about what it means to be a thoughtist. The first thing that a thoughtist understands is that circumstances are neutral. Okay, so what do I mean by that? I'm going to use the imagery of a ripple to explain this to you. So I want you to imagine that you are sitting on the edge of a beautiful, serene lake, just sitting on the beach, staring out at the water. And this lake is completely smooth like glass because it's the early morning hours and nothing has yet touched it. Now I want you to imagine that it starts to drizzle. These little raindrops start hitting the water. So if the lake represents a circumstance, a thoughtist can see that each of these ripples was created from a single drop of water. And that's why you can have one circumstance and several different opinions or thoughts about it. Each opinion is created by a different thought about the same circumstance. So now I'm going to use an example of a circumstance that I'm pretty sure is not unique to me. And that is my kids disagreeing. My kids disagree day in and day out about different things. So like where they sit in the car or what color plate they get at dinner or who got the biggest piece of dessert or who gets to sit next to mom during story time. Does any of this sound familiar to you? These disagreements often involve shouting, crying, pushing. You've been here, right? (laughs) 
Um, I have lots of thoughts about my kids disagreeing. But as a thoughtist, I get to decide whether or not the thoughts that I'm choosing are serving me. So I recently went through the process of taking a closer look at some of my ripples that I was creating. I noticed that one of the droplets or thoughts that I kept letting fall into my lake is that this is the worst part of being a mom. So every time we have a thought, it creates the first ring in the ripple. And that is a feeling. So the feeling that I create with the thought, this is the worst part of being a mom, is a feeling of resentment. And when we have a feeling, it creates the next ring out in our ripple, and that is our actions. So all of the actions that we ever take and any circumstance. They come from our feelings, not from the circumstance. Oftentimes we confuse this, but it's a really important distinction to make. When we feel sad, what do we do? When we feel lonely, what do we do? When we feel those feelings, what do we not do? Our feelings always drive our actions. So what kind of actions do I take or don't I take when I'm operating from resentment? Well, let me tell you. I tense up. I go into the victim mentality of why me? Again, weren't we just doing this five minutes ago? I either lash out or I try and hold it together, like white knuckle my anger, and then it bursts later on. I judge my kids, blame them for my misery, And sometimes I get to the point where I'm threatening irrational consequences that most likely I won't follow through with later on. The actions we take get us to the last ring in our ripple, and that is the result. The result is ultimately what we are creating in our lives. So what I create is ironically evidence of my original thought. My original thought is, this is the worst part of being a mom. And the result I end up with by thinking this thought is that I am at my worst as a mom. So essentially, I'm adding more layers of worseness. By the way, worseness is a legitimate word, unlike thoughtist. But I've got a goal to get thoughtist into Webster someday, so... I'd like to pause for a second to teach you about one of the most crucial aspects of being a thoughtist, and that is a thoughtist is willing to feel any feeling, and they are willing to feel it all the way through. That takes practice, but when you can do that and you learn how to do it effectively, it's what gets you to your next ripple. I plan to cover this in future podcasts, so don't forget to subscribe. But when you are able to process an emotion, that is when you can get to a clear space in your mind. And from that clear space, you can choose a different thought that will create a different ripple in your life. So when I took a close look at the result I was getting from my unintentional thought, And by the way, I call it an unintentional thought because I don't usually intend to be a negative person or to think negative thoughts, but I am human, so it happens. 
instead of shaming myself for this, which is never helpful, I look at myself compassionately and I get curious. I just bring awareness to it. That's all I have to do to start to make a change. I recognize that it's totally natural that I have these thoughts as a parent. It makes sense. I'm not the only one. And those thoughts in and of themselves are super helpful for me. But I like to catch myself and recognize that, yes, this may be natural. This may make sense. But I can create something different if I want to. I just need a new thought. So there's a lot of questions we can ask ourselves when we're looking for an intentional thought that will get us a different result, a desired result. One question that I use often with myself is, how can I look at this differently? When I put my brain to work on this, it looks for answers, right? Our brains are like a computer. So if we give them the job, they'll start computing. They'll start trying to find the answers. So the thought that I came up with when I put my brain to work on this question is this is part of my children's growth. And there's so much evidence for that. If you have ever dug into child development, you will find that children disagreeing with each other is a way that they learn. It's a way that they learn how to understand the world around them and how to navigate their relationships. So this thought, this is part of my children's growth. So the circumstance stayed the same. It's the same lake. My kids continue to disagree on a daily basis, but I get to experience it in a completely different way. And that is solely based on the new thought that I choose for the center of my ripple. So when I think the thought, this is part of my children's growth, it creates a feeling of intention. In my first ripple, I was creating resentment. Intention just feels so much better than resentment. So when I take action from intention, what that looks like for me is I take a deep breath. I'm not taken by surprise. I'm more able to remain calm. I use the calm voice. I think more clearly, which allows me to help my kids problem solve, or it allows me to give them space to problem solve on their own. I'm able to view the fighting from the outside looking in instead of feeling like I'm trapped inside of it. Now, as I mentioned before, our actions always create a result. And the result that I ultimately created, the last ring out in my new ripple, is that I'm able to powerfully step into my role as mom and facilitate my children's growth. This is me being a mom at my best. That's a much more desired result than the earlier result I was getting. Now, please do not for a moment think that my problems are over with this circumstance because I have tendencies, I have habits, I have unhelpful neural pathways that I need to rewrite. And that doesn't happen overnight. I don't know if you've noticed that before (laughs) when trying to change a habit. 
we all slip into unintentional ripples because we're human. And like anything else, our thoughts need maintenance. But doing this maintenance is really therapeutic. It's healing and it's life-changing. And it is so worth the effort that it takes. So my challenge to you is to slow your life down a little bit. To start noticing the ripples that you are creating with the thoughts that you are choosing to think. Our thoughts are always a choice. And sometimes we forget that when we're kind of in fast-forward mode, when we're not really paying attention. So ask yourself if you are creating what you want to. And if you realize that you're not creating what you want to, give your current feelings some space and time. Feel them all the way through. And again, I'm going to cover how to do that on future podcasts. So stay tuned. But once you do that, you will be able to get yourself to a clear place where you can start creating some new thoughts, some intentional thoughts that are going to get you the results that you actually want in your life. And that, my friends, is the life-changing work that you get to do as a thoughtist. So glad you spent this time today to listen to this podcast. And I look forward to sharing so much more with you in the future.